Hello and welcome to Choir Talks. This week I'm reading through the book of Acts in my personal quiet time. I didn't have a real particular scripture that stood out to me from Acts this week, but as I was reading through Acts, I was reminded of a scripture passage in Philippians um, in the first chapter. And the reason why I was is that in Philippians chapter 1, there's this phrase, uh, striving together. And that just is what I was seeing in the book of Acts when I thought about how the early church worked together, pooled their resources, and, and were greatly effective in spreading the gospel and working together. And uh, so I thought about that passage when Paul writes to the church in Philippi. So I want us to look at that a little bit today. Um, through good times and through difficult times, that early church was striving together, working together. And I want the modern church to look like that also. And I, I want my life to look like that. I don't use the word strive a whole lot, so here's a dictionary definition. Strive is to devote serious effort and energy. And a secondary definition is to struggle in opposition. I think you see both of these aspects in the, of the word strive in this passage that we're about to read in, in Philippians. The Apostle Paul is calling on the Philippians church uh, and he's asking them to devote more than just casual effort and energy. And he's also reminding them that they're going to have to struggle together against. So here's the passage. This is Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Paul says, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. One of the aspects that Paul is encouraging them about is to be consistent. Uh, what does their faith look like? What should, how should their relationship look together as a church? And part of what's going on there should be consistency, um, being consistent no matter what the circumstances are in our lives because circumstances always are changing, right? Paul is uh, writing them this letter, and in the letter he starts by detailing his own changing difficult circumstances. He is in prison. He's facing a death sentence. And he is having opposition from other believers who are in the church there uh, in Rome. And so he says to them, whatever happens. Uh, and that's just uh, gives me a thought about what life is like. There's always stuff that is going to happen. And he says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. In other words, in all the changing circumstances in your life, you should not change in your pursuit of the gospel of Christ. Earlier in chapter 1, he says this great statement of faith, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So no matter how the circumstances were changing in Paul's life, that was his focus, to live for Christ, even up till his final moments. I believe his admonition here to the Philippians believers is that in spite of circumstances, they should have the same focus, and here's what that focus is. He says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Their lives should be consistent no matter what is going on around them. Secondly, he's calling them to cooperation. Uh, they should be consistent, but their relationship should be full of cooperation. He tells them that they are to stand firm in one spirit. They are to work together and fight against the spiritual forces of darkness in opposition to them together as a group. Uh, 
all that stuff about fellowship that we talk about isn't just for warm fuzzies. We are in a spiritual battle and we need one another. Uh, when you are in a battle, it changes how important the relationships are with the people around you. And we are in a fight and we are pushing back on forces of darkness and they are going to push back on us. And we need to do that together in unity. Jesus prayed for us in uh, John chapter 16. He prays that his followers would have unity. And Jesus also said this. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You think unity is not important? Well, it was to Jesus. And then here's the phrase that I mentioned, striving together. He says, whether I come to see you, I want to know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving together as one. For the, God, for the faith of the gospel. Real fellowship comes along the way as we work together, as we strive together. And that's, that's what he's calling us to. And then lastly, he calls them to have confidence. He says this in the following verses. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, that is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that, and that by God. For it is granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle that you saw I had and now that you hear I still have. So he says have confidence. He says don't fear. Don't be afraid of the opposition. Um, Many times throughout Scripture the Lord speaks to us and he says what? Be not afraid over and over again. And so Paul is, is echoing that. He says don't be afraid. And what, where does that confidence come from? Um, John 4, uh, 4 says this, he who is, uh, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Sometimes we are going to have to suffer. He acknowledges it right here. He says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him. There are going to be difficult times. Uh, in fact, we are promised that they'll be suffering as a part of God's plan for us. Uh, here's 1 Timothy uh, 3.12. It says, all those who live a godly life, and that's what he's calling us to here to when he says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Uh, so 2 Timothy again, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There are difficulties to come for us as believers, but that's why we have one another. It's not meant for us to go through difficulties alone. The Father intends for us that to be a shared experience in the church, that we should share the burdens of one another. He uses a crazy word here also. He says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe but to suffer. Granted implies that it's a gift. Uh, our suffering from God is, is a gift. It's hard to see suffering as a gift. But when God uses your suffering um, and furthers, furthers the gospel through your difficulty, then you will begin to see and understand it as a gift. Hebrews chapter 12 says this about Jesus. He says, uh, fixing your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus, the one that we follow, went through suffering, uh, but he did it for joy. He saw it as, as the gift of God that enabled him to be a part of God's work to bring salvation to us. And uh, lastly, um, about our confidence, we should see that we're all in this together. You are not alone. 
Uh, here's the last thing that he said to them. He said, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have, and we're all in this together. When you struggle, just know that other believers across, across the world struggle also, but we have each other. We're all in this together. They're spiritual teammates uh, that God has put in your life to help you. So here's my conclusion. Let's live together as partners in the gospel, striving together, working together, displaying in our lives and encouraging one another to be consistent, uh, to cooperate, and to have confidence in the one we follow. Thanks for sharing with me. Have a great day.